Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Everybody, welcome and glad to see you on this Tuesday morning, one day before my sports fandom ends in inevitable disappointment with the Pelicans starting their season tomorrow. But for now, we're talking about injured, or are they injured quarterbacks? At least one, I've got some questions. Um, at least one, I've got some questions, and so does everybody else. I think Will Rogers is actually... Um, something that not really many people are actually talking about going into this game against Vanderbilt uh, around the SEC and, and even around here yesterday was kind of kind of passed over. But anyway, we're talking quarterback injuries today. But first, my name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you. If you're watching on Twitter, if you're a first-time watcher, you cannot comment on Twitter, so come on over to YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky, right there. And while you're here, subscribe. And if you like what you hear, actually... Uh, like the video, that would help me a ton. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. And wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning or my name should turn up results wherever you get your podcast. I do want to say something first, though. I, you guys know me. I hate hindsight when it comes to questioning coaching decisions. We want our coaches to coach to win, right? That's what we want them to do. Everybody's talking about analytics and what they say and all that stuff. And, and you know me by now, if you listen to me every day, you know that I get frustrated with people criticizing a bad result when the decision is sound and logic. And I guess that's the nature of the business, right? Fans are irrational and they do those kind of things. And media people are mostly irrational, especially in the opinion business, the radio business. There's very little room for nuance because you have to have super hot takes and that's what drives traffic or whatever. It's a bunch of crap. The Bills going for it last night on fourth and one with their giant physical quarterback playing to win the game is not a bad decision because it didn't work. I I can't say that stuff. I don't know if you guys watched the end of the Titans-Bills game last night, which was a hell of a football game, by the way. Just a great game, great atmosphere there in Nashville. Derrick Henry is just stupid. Just just a, a a man among small children. Derek Henry is Billy Madison, or excuse me. Yeah, Billy Madison when he plays dodgeball with the first graders. That's Derek Henry in the NFL as a running back. And so it was just a great game, but everybody's criticizing the Bills today. My wife watches the the Today Show in the morning, and even one of the guys on the on the Today Show, well, the, they should have kicked a field goal and gone to overtime. It, it, no. No, it's the NFL. You should be able to get this much yard, this much space with your gigantic quarterback. I'm fine with the call. Coach to win the game. You play Herm Edwards to win the game. You play to win the game. 
I am not going to criticize the Bills this morning for doing something that gave them the best chance to win the game. Kicking a field goal, going to overtime. What happens if you lose a coin flip and then you kick the ball off to Derrick Henry? That's not guaranteed anything. You need this much space with Josh Allen. Yes, going for it was the right call. Like just in your mind, it was the right call because you should be able to get this much. And then also the analytics say that going for it there increased their win probability and kicking a field goal there would have had they choosing to kick a field goal there would have given them a 42% chance at winning the game because the field goal is not guaranteed. And then, of course, overtime on the road, that kind of thing. So analytically, it was the right call. And just emotionally, it was the right call. You should be able to get three feet with Josh Allen. And if you can't get three feet with Josh Allen, you're not beating Derrick Henry in overtime anyway. So I hate that stuff. I, I hate the Tuesday morning quarterbacking. Oh, the Bills should have gone to overtime and, and done what? Kick to Derrick Henry? Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, you've got the ball. There's 30 seconds left in the game. It, it's fourth and one from like the five or whatever it was. You play to win the game. That was the Bills playing to win the game. I love the call. I respect the call. Just because it didn't work doesn't make the decision bad. Yeah, and it looked like he slipped too. If you're giving me fourth and one with Josh Allen, I'm taking fourth and one with Josh Allen. No doubt. What a game that was. But I can't stand that stuff. Hey, come on. Bad results do not always come from bad decisions. And good results don't always come from good decisions. Anyway. Sex says, I got to start the starting soon screen earlier. So I'm not at my computer hitting refresh all morning in order not to miss things. Uh, I do. So... Since you're on YouTube, the, when you subscribe, since I assume you subscribe by now, click on that little bell, and that will tell you every time I go live. It will like notify your phone uh, if that's how you're using YouTube. Since you're at work, maybe not. But um, the the notification bell will at least when I go live will give you a push notification. So click on that bell if you haven't already. It'll tell you when uh, when one of these is is going on. So, anyway. Chris, did you see Bielema's uh, comments on his offensive line and players' quality of athletes? Yeah, there are some things that you just can't say. You know? I mean, there's probably a lot of truth to what he was saying, that he doesn't have an offensive lineman that is good enough uh, to do what they want to do yet. It's his first year taking over a program that, you know, wasn't winning. There's a reason that he got the job, because the previous coach wasn't winning some things you just don't say. And I I don't know. I thought that was bad for him. Sometimes you kind of have to lie, you know, or embellish the truth somewhat. Because I I didn't like that. Just throwing kids under the bus. I mean, I promise you, they're not as bad as losing at home to Texas San Antonio. I, I promise you they're not that bad. Anyway. Daniel says that was the right decision. You have a big dude at quarterback. The odds of him getting that yard are high. Absolutely. And he also says Jeffrey Simmons is a dude. Ole Miss missed on him big time. I I don't – sometimes in recruiting, it's not that they missed. It's some things just happen, if that makes sense. Like N'Kobe Dean. Not the best example because I wouldn't have signed with Matt Luke's Ole Miss either. But there was something that happened there that was, I mean, almost tried their hardest, man. They didn't miss on N'Kobe Dean. They, they tried everything. There are some things that you just can't do in recruiting sometimes. 
Did I read Pat Forty's column, the one where he's saying that the SEC has ruined college football for the rest of the country? I did see that. And it was a bunch of hyperbolic, whiny BS is what it was, honestly. Uh, none of the arguments were, were sound and logic. I, I mean, you know, sometimes I'm willing to listen sometimes uh, to that kind of stuff. Like, truthfully, I think Alabama generally has not been good for college football. It's boring. Nick saved in Alabama and their dominance is boring. This year's been incredible, incredible because there's parity. Ohio State's not invincible. Oklahoma, now they got a new quarterback, still can't play defense. Alabama's clearly not invincible. Cincinnati's number two. I mean, there's just been so much parity in, in the Big Ten East. is about to be a lot of fun with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State all playing each other in this back half of the season. Like, the season's been great because there's been parity, and I think Alabama generally has not been great for the sport because they've just been so dominant. It's been boring, honestly. So I'm willing to listen to things like that sometimes. I'm willing to listen to it. Um, but when it's what he wrote, I, I tune it out. I, I really do. Because, first of all, it's not the SEC's fault that the southeastern region of the country produces better athletes than any other region in the country. What do you want the SEC to do about that? It, 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 that's just such a silly thing to talk about or, or write about as a columnist. The, the SEC is so good because, generally speaking, there are better players here. There are better players in Florida. There are better players in Texas. There are better players in Louisiana. There are better players in Georgia. And they stay closer to home. The southeastern region of the United States produces players, more players, than any other region combined in terms of four- and five-star talent. I mean, what, what do you want the SEC to do about that? Stop recruiting good players? That That's really where the root of the SEC's dominance comes from is because more players are produced here than anywhere else. What do you want them to do about it? Mississippi, on a per capita basis, is an incredible talent state. Per capita. It's just a small population. But per capita, this state produces as good as any other state in America. There's just not as many because of volume. But by percentage, it's a really good state. That, so that, that first thing is flawed. I mean, talking about Oklahoma and Texas, you know, it's not Greg Sankey's responsibility to take care of the Pac-12 it's it's not Michelin tires business to help Goodyear out. You know, it's it's nonsense. But this region of the country is the only thing keeping college football alive, really. It saved it a year ago, at least we forget, although I remember last year everybody was saying that college football should be canceled. But nobody cares more. There are no other region of the country has more eyeballs, more people in the stands, more players, more give a damn than here. It's not an SEC problem. It's a West Coast, Midwest, Northeast problem. That's the issue with college football. It's not the SEC. It's just, it's whiny nonsense has ruined college football for the rest of the country. The rest of the country maybe could step up and give a damn and, and they'll be better. Maybe that will will do something. Oh no, we didn't think of that. No, we just got to blame the people that are successful. Isn't that a not to get political? I, I've had people ask me to do politics 
radio and stuff and and I say no but here here's one quick political take that's a mark on our society right now we point the fingers at the su- successful people and say that's bad instead of wanting to elevate ourselves to become successful as well that's pat that's what pat forty wrote is pointing at the successful ones and blaming them for the other people sucking instead of telling them to get their own house in order. Sex is watching Nicobe Dean tear it up at Georgia makes me sad that neither school could keep him in state. Yeah, it's just, but I've talked about this before. It's just, it's rich. And Patrick touches on this from a different perspective, but it's rich that Georgia can come into Mississippi and get the best player in this state. And nobody even thinks twice. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody even mentions that it could have been from nefarious reasons, which guys, guess what? That's how Georgia's getting players. That's how, that's how everybody's getting players, but some are more capable of it than others. That's how the game is played. You know, don't hate the players, I guess, but nobody even bats an eye. There's no comments on ESPN. There's no comments on radio shows. There's no columns about, wait, this is fishy when Georgia comes to Mississippi and gets a great player. But God forbid Mike Leach go into Atlanta and get a five-star that Georgia wants. You know what would be said about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach and Mississippi State if they went to Atlanta right up the road from Athens and got the best player in the state of Georgia. You guys know what would happen, what would be said. It's hypocritical. It's it's BS. It's garbage. That is ruining college football, Pat. And Patrick asks, why will the NCAA not touch schools like Georgia and Alabama when they know recruiting violations are happening? Is it because so much money goes through there and pays their bills? Um probably some of that I mean but the thing is the NCAA got Ohio State they got Southern Cal I think they want to get these places they're just more proficient at getting it done but it's it's bizarre it, it, like honestly it's so inconsistent it's hard to make sense of it because the NCAA went and got Ohio State they got Tennessee Bruce Pearl for a barbecue he lost his job they got Southern Cal for Reggie Bush. But Will Wade still is coaching at LSU. I mean, just North Carolina does fake classes and nothing happens. It's so inconsistent. It is so inconsistent. I, I can't make sense of it, honestly. I would like to say that it's just, well, yeah, they protect blue bloods, but they don't. Again, Ohio State, Southern Cal. Tennessee, if you want to call them a blue blood, it was basketball, but Bruce Pearl was rolling, and they got him on a barbecue. But Will Wade's still coaching at LSU. North Carolina had fake classes. All good. No big deal. So so I can't make sense of it, honestly. I, I think most of it has to do with um, just their, their complete and total incompetence uh, and lacking subpoena power. Not to get into this discussion today, but the NCAA didn't have subpoena power. And back when they were investigating Ole Miss, certain people that are no longer employed at the university, uh, who in some cases fell upwards, uh, great negotiator for contracts, though, uh, handed the NCAA stuff that they could not obtain on their own. Handed them evidence, made boosters talk to them in some cases uh, when they couldn't force that otherwise. If you don't give them anything, they can't take anything. They can't subpoena anything. Anyway. Yeah, I do remember when Ole Miss got Kim Dietschy 
Treadwell and Tunsil. The media was clutching pearls left and right. Ole Miss didn't do anything in that situation that Georgia's not doing right now. But how dare Ole Miss sign Robert Kimdichie, whose brother's on the team, who ma- whose mom famously said, I want my boys to play together. It's stuff like that. But that's how it is. That's just how it is. All right, so your quarterback is hurt. So your quarterback is hurt, or are they? At least in one case, uh, well, I think they're both talking about Will Rogers and Matt Corral. They are both clearly banged up. I've got a theory about what's going on in Oxford. We got no answers from Mike Leach yesterday on the, the status of Will Rogers. You know, you know that uh, he's hurt because that throwing shoulder against Alabama it wasn't right. And you know that Matt Corral is hurt. Now, remember, there's a difference between hurt and injured. A lot of guys are hurt in football. Not everybody's injured. Injuries keep you out of games. Being hurt, something that you play through. Very clearly, Matt Corral is hurt. Uh, I mean, he had to sit out of play. They wasted a timeout to try to get him back in, but Luke Altmaier had to to throw a pass in the game. Um, He's clearly banged up to some degree. But Lane Kiffin made waves yesterday for a a couple of quotes that he said about Matt Corral. He said, at least in part, he's not in very good shape and hasn't been for the last two days. Hopefully he'll play, but I do not feel good about that right now. Um, He also said later in the press conference that uh, he is not sure if he'll be able to play. But also in the press conference said that fans should be excited to come out and see Eli and then also Matt Corral play. Maybe a little slip up there. Maybe a little slip up there. Either way, that's what all the headlines were. Matt Corral injured. Status doubtful for the game against LSU. For what it's worth, Ed Orgeron is not buying it. He was asked about it yesterday. His press conference happened like 10 minutes after Lane's finished. And Orgeron said... Uh, I know, Lane, that's a smokescreen. We're preparing for Matt Corral. And uh, that's right. That's what he should do. Here's a couple thoughts on it. First of all, Lane Giffen is famous for not discussing injuries at all. I was joking yesterday on the radio show, but I kind of believe the joke. If the third string right guard had his leg broken in half in practice and they had to rush him to the hospital to put his leg back on his body... Lane would not mention it at all. Wouldn't mention it. And for the next few weeks, he would say, yeah, hopefully he can play this week. Like he's done with Jonathan Mingo. Didn't mention Mingo at all when the injury happened in practice. That that didn't come out, wasn't talked about. After he's on the field in crutches, when he's asked about it, yeah, hopefully he plays. That's all he'll give you. He does not talk about injuries, will not give a player's name, will not give what the injury is will not give his status for the game. He does not do it. Hasn't done it since he took over at Ole Miss. He has refused to do it, will not do it, won't address anything, won't say anything, no specifics whatsoever. And you're telling me that the first time he ever gets specific when it comes to injuries, the first time he ever gets specific is his Heisman contending quarterback in the Monday press conference? Yeah, yeah. I think a couple of things could be happening happening here. I think, for one, he is asking for other players to, to step up. I think he's asking for wide receivers, but more specifically running backs, one in particular, to do a better job 
uh, when they're given their opportunities. Matt Corral getting 30 carries in a game is not sustainable. Not at his size. It's not really sustainable for running backs to get 30 carries a game. It's it's really not. Um, I think in part that is what he's doing, is he's trying to say to other players through the media and probably also to them, uh, you've got to get your stuff together. You've got to step up because what he's doing is not sustainable. And I don't think Ole Miss is going to run him 30 times against LSU because I do believe that he is banged up, that, that to some degree he is banged up. For whatever it's worth, I have heard that he is participating in practice. I don't know if that's true or not because information is really scarce coming out of that program. But for whatever it's worth to you, I am hearing that he's participating in practice. We'll see if that's true or not. But I think it's a smokescreen for a couple of things. I've, so clearly he's asking, especially Jerry and Ely, to, to step up. If you listen to his press conference yesterday, there's there's some stuff there about that. Um. Also, there's some truth to it. I think he is banged up, and what he did on Saturday is not sustainable long-term. That will lead to permanent injury. But if you think he's not playing on Saturday, I think you're insane. Of course he's going to play. He's, I would hate to be the person to tell him that he's not playing. He, he's going to play. Um, m- my other thought was I wonder how much of this is trying to deflect from the LSU conversation. I wonder if that's the case. Now, going into this game where you're playing a, a school that has an opening that you're named in the opening, a job that he is undoubt, uh, undoubtedly interested in the job, to avoid people talking about that. I wonder if that's part of it also. That's what I thought yesterday. Mayorman, again, maybe not. I don't know. But my thought was, you know, he's coaching against LSU, a place that just had their job come open a job that no doubt he is interested in. Get them talking about something else. Because he does not disclose injuries regardless, but yet he chooses this week to do it. Why? People aren't talking about him to LSU this week. Without this Matt Crowell may be injured story, that's all anybody's talking about. People are still going to talk about it. I'm going to, but it takes away from it somewhat. So I think there's a lot of, it might be a combination of all things, but there's some gamesmanship here. There's some truth here. There's some distraction tactics here as well. At least that's what it feels like to me. What will it look like is a good question. Uh, I think you're just going to see less quarterback design runs. I mean, they knew Saturday that that's, especially once Braylon Sanders went down, in Tennessee continued, continued to give them the looks that they got, especially on third and medium to long, that was the way they were going to win the game. It was that way. They're going to try to scheme and game plan away from that this week. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play well, but he's not going to run near as much as he did on Saturday by design. They're going to avoid that because I think there is truth to the fact that he is injured. Um, So, yeah. Quarterback number one. Quarterback number two, Will Rogers. We didn't get much of anything at all from Mike Leach yesterday. He is more coy than Lane Kiffin because Leach doesn't even do this little fun trolling thing, whatever you want to call this. Mike Leach just refuses to speak on it, although we did get answers about uh, Jack Abraham. I mean, he wasn't going to play for the rest of the year. I guess we've known that for a few weeks now, Um, but he's not with the team. So 
for whatever that's worth. But Will Rogers hurt his throwing shoulder against Alabama on Saturday. It was very clear. The thing about him uh, hiding injuries is that when you see it happen for yourself, it's hard to hide it. But Will Rogers clearly hurt his throwing shoulder against Alabama. Again, I don't know if this is true or not because information comes very rarely from that program, but I have heard that it's it's a sprained joint in the shoulder um, and it and it hurts. It's it's something that he's got to battle through, but he did play the rest of the game, which I didn't talk about this much on Sunday morning. Were you guys surprised by that? I mean, you're down by 40 points, right? He's clearly banged up. Get him out of the game. I, I thought that was odd. And I, I wish that you know I was able to go to press conferences because I would asked about or I would have asked about that. Why does Rogers stay in the game? Why did you not go to Lovertich or either of your two freshmen? Why didn't you go to him there when Rogers was clearly banged up and the game was over effectively? You're down by 40 points. It happened even earlier than that. You're not coming back in this game. Why are you playing your quarterback who's banged up in this kind of game when you've got, you know, I don't think Vanderbilt's very good, but State's got to win this game this Saturday. They have to win. And you need Will Rogers to win. At least you feel like it. I think that State can beat Vanderbilt with Lovertich myself, but you would much rather have your guy healthy in this game. Why is he still playing? What's he doing in the game? He's clearly hurt. Why are you doing this? I was surprised a little bit by that. Uh, he should have come out of the game. He should have come out, I think. But the big question for me is, and again, we're, we're getting far less information from State than we are about Ole Miss, um, is will he be healthy enough on Saturday to throw 60 passes in Nashville against Vanderbilt, will he be able to do that this weekend? That's something I'm really curious about. Is um, And we won't know until Saturday because no information comes out whatsoever. But there's your question about Will, will Rogers. Is will he be healthy enough? Is that arm, that shoulder, the throwing shoulder, okay to the point where he can throw the ball 60, 65 times to, to beat Vanderbilt? talked about it yesterday some I think this is a game that that state should win and win comfortably but I will say this about Vanderbilt speaking of injured quarterbacks Ken Seals might not play I think he got hurt against South Carolina as well um I will say this about Vanderbilt and I'll give Clark Lee credit they are lacking talent at basically every position on the field they are the least talented team in the SEC by a by a margin even less than Missouri and in spots less than South Carolina, who they should have beat on the road on Saturday night. But they are well-coached. They'll be well-schemed. They'll be well-prepared. The problem is State's got better athletes than them at basically every position. So it should be a game that they win and win comfortably. But State's got to show up and play their – you know, they got to show up and play. It's not one of these things where they can play their C minus game and turn the football over and just kind of walk through and win. It's not going to be like that. They've got to focus and they got to show up and they got to play. And if they do that, they'll win comfortably. But if they don't be really dicey because Clark Lee's doing a nice job in terms of game planning and stuff like that. They're prepared to play. They just can't execute because they don't have good enough players. But all that to say, you would like to have, 
Will Rogers healthy enough to execute the offense to show up and play, and that's all they have to do to win the game. Really curious to see how or if they limit him at all, uh, if they run the football a little bit more, something like that on Saturday to try to protect that shoulder. If it is, in fact, hurt, it looked like it on Saturday. But we just don't know. We just don't know. I still wonder why he was able to finish that game out or why they let him finish that game out because I just don't understand why that was a necessity. But either way, interesting game. Interesting game coming up this weekend uh, in Nashville. It's a it's a must win. You, you have to win this game. If you're going to take a step forward as a program in year two, like everybody thinks that you're on the cusp of doing, you must, you must win this game. It is a must win in Nashville on Saturday. You have to, have to win this game. And uh, we'll see if they're able to do it with or without a, uh, a healthy Will Rogers. So y'all, uh, y'all keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Matt Corral as well. Although, again, I, I think Ed Orgeron's right. I think it is a smoke screen. I think that it is a situation where Lane is sending messages or distracting from other stories, which if you're an Ole Miss fan, just buckle up because LSU's not making a hire for, what, another month and a half, another five, six weeks, something like that. So names are going to change. Michigan State's going to lose a game. If Ole Miss wins on Saturday, LSU fans are going to be clamoring for Lane Kiffin. It's just, it's going to be a mess. But just buckle up because I don't think LSU is going to get said no to twice. I think they're going to be able to get basically whoever they want. Including, including your guy, but every guy, Michigan State's guy. I still, I, I don't care what Jimbo Fisher said yesterday. By the way, people are doing the like I saw Doug Gottlieb this morning say that's how you answer that question. Jimbo Fisher did not say any. He was not definitive about anything. It was a good answer. Oh, I'm sure he loves College Station and the ranches and the people and didn't say anything about how he's not interested in the LSU job. He will not take the LSU job. He said a little bit longer version of the same thing he said about Florida State right before he left. Uh, so I think that they can get AM's guy. I think they can get Baylor's guy. They can get Michigan State's guy. They can get Billy Napier, Louisiana's guy. They can get, although it's a little bit more complicated, uh, Mario Cristobal. They can get a lot of people. So... Just buckle up and just get ready for it because it's not going anywhere for a while. With those off the field issue, will with those off the field issues, will LSU take a chance with Kiffin's past? Um, his past is not near as bad as James Franklin's, and um, he's a candidate. So, no, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of talk about. Who knows if it's true or not? There's just a lot of stuff that comes out during these things where apparently the new president of the university has their hand in this. And uh, if that's the case, then uh, other factors besides just will you win football games might come into play. Um, So we'll see. But no, I mean, if if James Franklin's a candidate, then Lane Kiffin's past, which is what? I mean, what is it? running around with younger women. Uh, I mean, th- that 
that's not what got Ed Orgeron fired was having girlfriends. It was how he was acting besides the girlfriends. You can have girlfriends as a football coach. Nothing wrong with that. It's the way he took it to the next level and also throwing chairs and also losing football games. It wasn't just the, the girlfriends thing. Um, anyway, yeah, if James Franklin's a candidate, then Kiffin will be just fine in terms of that. But so what I keep telling people. I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. He can want the job all he wants, but they got to want him too. So everybody that's just convinced that he's leaving for LSU, he's got to get the offer first. He's got to get the offer first. And I got a text from an Ole Miss fan yesterday. It's fine that he's interested in LSU. It's it's okay. Like it's not a slight on Ole Miss. It's it's a friend of mine. He, he accused me of willing him to LSU. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just being honest with you guys. It's a job that I think he would take if offered because it's one of the best jobs in America. And look at it from your position. You, you guys all have jobs right now, presumably. If a better one comes where you can be more successful, probably make a little bit more money, although Ole Miss is going to fight hard on the financial side, wouldn't you take it? I would I would. It's just a job to these guys. You got to remember that. It's just a job. They have no loyalty to these places like you do. It's just a job. He's got a good one, a really good one right now. Let's use a better one. Anyway, but they've got to offer him first. I keep telling people that. I keep telling people that. Randall, what's the upside for Jimbo? Um, I think he'll win. I mean, he won a championship at Florida. Uh, he had. Texas A&M last year at number five should have been a playoff team. He can get better players at LSU. It's a easier culture to recruit to. If you guys catch my drift, um, that's your upside because he would win. And the AD at LSU is the one that hired him at Texas A&M. There's a reason he did that. There's a reason he did that. Anyway. Uh, I got to go. I have got to go. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the, uh, the YouTube channel and uh, like the video also. And if you want to get notified when I go live, like yesterday, I had to change times. I had to go and do the Gallo show. Um, click the little bell next to the subscribe button so you'll get notified um, when I go live. So y'all be good the rest of your day. Enjoy yourself, and I'll talk to you tomorrow at 